Let's go, let's go, let's go on a game week Monday. It's Iowa State this Saturday morning at 11 a.m. for the Sooners. And yes, we're going to talk a lot about the bye week reflections, things we want to see in the second half of the season, you know, areas of improvement, areas of positivity, areas of strength, areas of weaknesses. There's a lot of Sooners coming up on the show this week. And in fact, coming up here, gosh, maybe two and a half hours from now, we're going to tape our weekly coaches corner. And this week we get Jay Vlai and Joe John Finley. So that's pretty awesome, especially since yesterday was National Tight Ends Day. Let's go. So it's – um, I had to buy week blues a little bit. Yeah, I, I got to spend a pretty awesome weekend up at West Point, and I'll, I'll talk about that here in a bit. But, I mean, if, if you need any more than what I just told Toby, <laughs> I don't know how much more I can add. But th- there was a lot of FOMO for me this weekend, and it was exciting, right, because, you know, Obviously, expectations are a little bit different for Oklahoma than we've seen maybe heading into a lot of buys in years past. But it got me excited about the second half of the season. Or maybe there's only five games left, so less than the second half of the season, the final five-game stretch. And I believe Josh Helmer is standing by in the Brown O'Haver Studios. But, Josh, it also gave me an opportunity to immerse myself in a college football schedule that, you know, outside of the team that you, you, you get to cover, right, was pretty, pretty awesome. And, and a, college, a college football season that has been so good that I don't even know if I've allowed myself to truly start buying into any playoff debates quite yet right every you know next week is going to be the first playoff rankings but I was thinking about this because I had a lot of time in airplanes this weekend I don't really know if that's something that I'm worried about concerned about or is even on my radar because I mean we've just had so many incredible moments and you know we still have what eight weeks of college football still to go including conference championship weeks in army navy this has been a great college football season it was a fun weekend, wasn't it, to yeah. sink your teeth into kind of the full football slate that was. Obviously, Oklahoma being idle gave uh, you and I and everybody a chance to sit back and watch these two Big 12 games this past weekend. Probably uh, a lot of attention in that early window on Clemson surviving Syracuse, which that playing out uh, as close as it did was, I think, surprising to some that Clemson against an undefeated Syracuse didn't sort of make them look like more of a pretender. They they hung around and had a mm-hmm. legitimate chance to win that football game. But, no, nah, it was great uh, watching TCU win and Oklahoma State rally back. UCLA kind of gets, uh, gets it put on them by Oregon. But just getting to take in the full slate was, was nice. How was your weekend? And, and thank you for Friday. Did, thank you. I, what, what, did Connor sit in with you? He did, and good. it was good, man. The the trip, I know you shared a little bit of it, but glad to have you back. How was it? It's fun. It's fun. It was really good. Um, it's it's weird whenever you are a 
and I, I mean, I think if you listen to this show with any regularity, I'm kind of a budget guy, right? Uh, I'm not necessarily ever going to be someone that f- goes, flies first class up in the sky. Uh, probably never going to be a dude that is going to fly on a private jet. I don't have that Tyler McComas money. I'm not in drive time. But I'm a, I'm a budget traveler, Josh, which means every single flight is at the most ridiculous time in the morning. So legitimately, when we were on the air Friday, I think I had already – I could have done basically several segments of the show live from the Atlanta airport if we wanted to because did the whole 6 a.m. thing, you know, got to West Point in early afternoon. But, yeah, I was – so I bring that up. Sleep wasn't a lot of a – wasn't on the docket very much this weekend. There was a 4 a.m. wake-up call on Friday, a 4.30 a.m. wake-up call on Saturday East Coast time, and a 4 a.m. wake-up call on Sunday. So in a, in a rare, odd twist, I feel incredibly refreshed and relaxed today after the 1 a.m. show last night. <laughs> it's a rarity, Josh, to feel this refreshed on a, on a Monday morning. But it was great. And I think my... Uh, the funniest thing from the weekend, and you'll get a kick out of this real quick before we get to more college football from the weekend. And you had a good weekend too, right? High school football was good. Uh, all things with Iowa were not. <laughs> yeah, so it was pretty consistent, right? High school football was good. Iowa stunk. So, no, it was, yeah, it was a good weekend, man. By the way, I, I do. Can we carve out some time maybe tomorrow when I'm back? And t- you know what? A, a right, I'm writing this down in my notebook. 11. 15 a.m. tomorrow, Josh. I want to have a Kirk Ferentz slash Iowa conversation with you. Well, that should time out well because I might have just pinned a it's time for him to retire piece. Ooh! Look at you. Hawk, what's, the, what's the website? Hawkeyeswire.com? Hawkeyeswire.usatoday.com. Make sure you check that out tomorrow where Josh calls for the yob of Kirk Ferentz. So we'll do that tomorrow. But here was... Everything was great, guys I, and gals. I hope, I pray that we, we get a chance as, as a nation, as a Sooner nation, to play at Mikey Field. And I, I don't know. I could start, you know, if Joe C needs someone to run any advanced scouting. I think they had all that done when they were going in 2020. If Tip needs someone to go down there with them or up there with them, I'm good. I did notice there's a hole in the 24 schedule. That might be kind of cool. Um, but I really hope that they reschedule that. And you know what? Even if they reschedule it and decide to play it at MetLife Stadium or something of that nature, um, I, I still want the Sooners to play Army again. But I hope that it's in Mikey Stadium. Um, I hope that it happens. But the area where Army is lapped, right? And I love the I love the mil, um, I love West Point. My son's going there. The uh, United States Army is great. But you know where they get worked, Josh, on game day? Outside of the fact that they, you know, usually are a little bit challenged talent-wise. Do you know in the intro video, at the very end of the Oklahoma Sooner intro video, what's the last thing you hear? There's only one, Oklahoma. And there, it, it was, who was it? Was it Gerald McCoy last week? Brent Venables did it. 
Bob Stoops, right? You know, Barry. And you hear that. It's like, oh, let's go. Everyone's losing their mind. And Mikey Stadium on Saturday, I've got to find the video. And I might even have it here. All the pomp and circumstances, bro. Uh, Helicopters flying overhead. Cadets jumping up and down. And they're all white. And they're hatching. They're flailing like crazy. There's these bagpipes that are playing. Right as, as... Jeff Munkin has his crew ready to take the field. The intro video shows big hits, boom, 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 and everyone's going crazy, and then all of a sudden it goes to black, and then here pops up Mr. Excitement, Adam Silver, on the big screen, and it's like, I'm Adam Silver, NBA commissioner, go Army, and you're like, what? What? And because he's a West Point grad, but it's just, it's one of those to where you're like, ah, juices are flowing, you're, you're fired up, and then all of a sudden it's like, I'm Adam Silver, go Army. It just takes everything out of it, man. We got to fix that for the guys at West Point, right? Leave, leave it for the NBA to screw up college My football goodness. some more. Unbelievable. You, you know what I would say? So, are you, um, are you a barstool guy at all? Do you, like, follow it? I meant to call Jake Scroggins and tell him this, or my man Matt Montgomery. You're kind of hot and cold, right, with barstool? Yeah, I wouldn't say that okay. I- I'm – following everything they do but i wouldn't say i'm one of those folks like you see more and more out there that are ah let's cancel barstool i'm sort of yeah kind of in between i'm somewhat the same but i know them all right like i i know all the so saturday at this game and i bring this up because this guy was incredible uh there was some dude that kind of looked familiar and he's but at the same vein he didn't look like a former player so we sat and we talked like the entire second half. I watched the game from down on the field. And we, and we sat and talked the entire second half. And, he, dude, we were high-fiving. It was great. I mean, it was like we were best friends for life. And I said, oh, hey, what do you do? And he goes, well, funny, um, I, I, I played here. I run the, you know, I got a group of alums, and we kind of run that alumni group. And he goes, and part-time, I do a podcast for Barstool. I'm like, oh, and he, and he told me his name. He, he gave me his, his, his name, and I was like, oh, it's nice to meet you. His name didn't, re- it like didn't register with me, but he sounded familiar. And so I'm like, oh, really? What blog? He goes, Zero Blog 30. I'm like, no way, because I'm a big Uncle Chaps guy. I, I, again, just one of those guys that I've followed for a long time. And so we watch the game. He tells I'm, – I'm bugging him about things. I'm like, hey, you know, what can, what can my son do? You know, what, what do I need to do for him? It's, it's a unique situation as a father. And then he, he tells me, he's like, listen, I got to go. I'm going to see my family. Uh, reach out if you need anything. And he leaves. And I come to find out it's this, it's Captain Cons. I literally watched the entire second half with, you know, it, this guy that tells me yeah, I'm a part-time. He's like one of the dudes at Barstool. So it was funny because I'm watching this. It's, I'm Adam Silver. This is Go Army, right? I'm like, put one of these dudes on there, right? Because isn't that the moment? where the team is about to run out and you're ready to lose your mind. They got cannons firing, Josh. They got helicopters. They got dudes and, 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 and women jumping out of helicopters. It's the most amazing sight you can see. And then to cap it all off, as the team runs on the field and they're ready to go out there and just, Ugh! it's Adam Silver. Put Captain Cons up there, man. Put, give me, I, I'm running out of famous former Army football players. Quick, Josh, line. I don't have many of them. There's got to be more famous West Point people than Adam Silver to be the guy to bring the team on the field. Just put Jeff Monken. There you there. go. I mean, there just you go. Just go with the traditional 
This is Army football, this. and here we go. I've got to find the video. I, I was videoed by the intro. I'll take it for you. Uh, I'll send it to you. But, no, it was a really fun weekend for me. Um, I won't bore you with all of the minute details, but thank you, West Point. Uh, I, you know, there was an incredible connection that was made for me by one of the members of the Sooner Club. Don helped me out in the Sooner Club in Tulsa, and Colonel Al Boyer, who is – he is – I'm trying to think of – he's like their thad. Okay, he's, he's their thad turnip seed. A little bit more on the relational side, but he helps with the players and he helps with the coach, and he's that guy within Army football. Maybe not quite as, you know, as influential, right, in the, in the day-to-day activity. He's not a vision guy, but he is kind of their thad. And so he's a broken arrow guy, went to Union. We sat and chat. He, he – took me all around and I got to see everything. So it was it was really awesome. So thanks to everyone up at, at Army. Thanks to Colonel Al Boyer retiring. Should apply for that job. And I met their Danny Davis, their Natalie Davis, and um he told me, how about this? I was telling Toby this, Josh. He told me he considers it the most efficient game day operation on the planet. And I was like, well, let me tell you something. Uh, I know efficiency, my friend. And, of course, I was too afraid to do that. Uh, language a little bit more blue, Josh, um, on, than maybe you get at, at most normal game day environments. Well, I'm not complaining about it. Just a little bit more blue than I'm used to. But he wasn't lying. Game was at noon, uh, was over at 3 o'clock, and literally, like, the roads were back open around campus at 4, and everyone was out of there. I mean, it was just efficiency at its finest, a military operation to be proud of. So, fun weekend. Thanks to everyone involved. I'll move on from it. Thank you, Josh, for Friday. Thank you, Casey, Brian, TJ, Drake, everyone who uh, – and most importantly, you, you and Connor who had to fill the void for three hours on Friday because anything other than me on a Friday before the Raiders are in a must-win game is, is better than hearing me. But just a fun weekend for me. I did okay traveling, too. You'd be proud of me, Josh. I did okay flying. I didn't panic or freak out too much. <laughs> that's that's good. And you didn't have any real support system in route, so you really did well. I mean, like, I, I'm 47 years old, right? And I'm, I'm careful saying this because, you know, we have new listeners coming in all the time, and I've got new friends, and I'm making in a in a new community for my family, so I don't want to completely and totally throw myself under the bus. But I am very much like a 12-year-old trapped in a 40-year-old's body, 47-year-old's body. Like, there's not a lot of things that I just – get to do on my own like if someone said hey you need to go take care of your taxes i'd be like that's good i've got a I've got a guy for that because i don't know what i'm doing right i'm lucky that i can put gas in my car but i traveled solo without that support system that josh was talking about and there was a part of me where you know i was like well is isn't there someone that's going to help me with this isn't there you know this is what what being married for 14 years looks like it spoils you a little bit I'm like, where's my, where's my, hey, good job for getting all of the luggage in the, whenever it came down? Where's my thumbs up for actually getting the right rental car and going to the right, it's not VRBO, what do they say, Vrebo? Is that what it is? For the, because it's kind of surpassed Airbnbs now. Verbo. Verbo, thank you. I, I, there was no one there applauding me and telling me how good of a job I did. I felt a little, felt a little unappreciated. <laughs> Out of but, place. Uh, all right, so when we come back, Cleanse the palate. Let's let's pause on some Iowa State preview, right? Let, let's 
let's take this next segment to dive into a time-honored tradition here on the Plank Show. I say time-honored tradition, Josh. Isn't this the first year that we've done after week five, after week six? (laughs) But, hey, new listeners, welcome aboard. We've been doing this forever. A time-honored tradition on the Plank Show. What did we learn this weekend? What did we take away from a non-Sooner college football slate in week eight? After week eight of college football, I know this. What did we learn? I've already got a laundry list of topics. I know you do, too. The best way to get in touch with the show is on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. You can hit us up on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. That's the call-in line, 405-329-9000. Or, as always, on Twitter, at Josh on Ref, at Plank Show. This is the home of Sooner fans. I sent you the... Uh, I sent you the video from their their walk, and I'm going to warn you, I started taping way too early because I didn't know what to expect. But I think you'll enjoy it. I'll I'll put it on social media a little bit later. Your boy was taking way too many pictures. (laughs) I mean, there had to be people that are like, who is the tourist right there? We'll say I texted a lot of my friends and said the tailgating scene is pretty cool. But I was also a little disappointed, Josh, because I was wearing my OU gear because it's a little chilly out. I didn't get that invite. You know, I kind of thought that that maybe walking around like, hey, Sooner guy, get over here. It was almost kind of a a Sooner guy. Keep him out of here. But they had quite the tailgate set up. It was was really well done. It was cool. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope OU goes there. All right. 405-651-3439. Air Comfort Solutions text line. And, of course, the call-in line. If people even use their phone to call people. 405-329-9000. 405-329-9000. What did we learn this weekend? Josh, I want to start, and I want to start in the Big 12. You cool with that? Love it. Let's go. Texas is who we thought they were, while Oklahoma State isn't. And I mean that as an incredibly positive statement on Oklahoma State, and I mean it as an incredibly negative statement on Texas. Now, I, I know this too, Josh, and you and I – Oh, sorry. You and I joked about this a lot leading up to Oklahoma, Texas, right? Uh, we had the the promo, Texas still sucks. And what did you and I kind of joke? like, ah, I don't know if this is that year. You know, we'll be not that Texas was something incredible, but the unknown about Oklahoma. Um, but it just everything that is said now from a Sooner fan or a sooner perspective about Texas can always be couched with what? Yeah, well, they housed you. 49-0, right? 49-0. But I want to play something for you from Saturday, and I want to get your opinion on it. Are you ready? Let's go. Absolutely. Sanders under center, takes a knee, and that'll do it. Ladies and gentlemen, this was a battle between a program with a winning culture and a program that does not have a winning culture. And at the end of the day, the program with the winning culture, Oklahoma State, prevails against the program that does not have a winning culture, the University of Texas. Dave Hunziker, Oklahoma State Radio Network, thoughts? Yeah, I don't know if that's something you need to do on a play-by-play broadcast, (laughs) but I don't also necessarily disagree with them i felt like by the way kudos to dr pepper right because 
they they tipped the cap to the message board culture in their most recent Fansville ad. It was it was pretty well done. It was pretty well done. It's like you haven't you haven't sent your recap, and he's like, ah, you know, I got this water. I kind of feel like there's more things in college football, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, who is he? I watched commercials this week, guys. It was incredible. But that does sound a little bit like something that you would expect from Poke Fan for Life 69 on a message board somewhere. But what do the kids say? No cap. I detect no lies. He ain't wrong. He ain't wrong. And, you know, the story heading in to Saturday's game between Oklahoma State and Texas was what? How healthy is Spencer Sanders? Is he really is he really a hundred percent or even close to it? What was it? Six? Six dudes that were listed as out heading into that game, including Brock Martin, who I think we all probably agree is you know, he's their oh, I mean, I don't want to get too carried away because that DB's had a hell of a season too, but I think it's fair to say that he is their their best defensive player, right? Uh, heading into the season, and he's played real well, and he's out. They they dealt with the dude in Brandon Evers, kind of walked away from football. And I say that not as a shot at the kid because, oh, boy, his Twitter mentions were something, guys. Y'all need to calm down. But But I'll tell you what. They went without that much and still found a way to beat a Texas team that we all felt was on an upward trajectory near the top, if not in the top tier of the Big 12, and did it hamstrung. Right? I mean, and again, this isn't you can be a Sooner fan and still be one to give credit to what Oklahoma State did. Now, they'll battle the injury bug again because, you know, it it, it looked like it hit him during that game as well. And I don't know if this is necessarily a sign that Oklahoma State's going to go to Kansas State and win next weekend. But when I say they are who we thought they, they were and who we thought they are, they're a problem. And they're not going anywhere. And when you play them, there's not going to be – Unless Sanders gets hurt, right? If Spencer Sanders get, gets hurt, then maybe we're talking about a different situation. But, you know, they, they're they cooking. It, it was pretty impressive to see on Saturday. But I did, before we unload on Texas, Josh, I did have someone reach out to me on Sunday morning and say, I don't know if Saturday was about Oklahoma State as much as it was about just how unable to handle success Texas is. How many how many chances did they have in that game to put away Oklahoma State on Saturday? A lot. I mean, tons, and they just couldn't do it. So, I mean, you can balance it and feel how you want. I tend to say, yeah, you know, Texas struggled a little bit, but that's been them on the road under Sark. They're a 10-10 and 10 football team with Steve Sarkeesian as their head coach. And listen, I'm an Oklahoma fan. I'm an Oklahoma guy. Um, I wear the interlocking O&U on game day, and I don't hide it, and I'm proud of it. And they smoked us this year. So anything that comes from me will be, oh, you're just bitter. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying 
to be as objective on this as I can. I do think yesterday, Saturday, was more about what Oklahoma State did and not what Texas didn't. But I also think for all of this, Steve Sarkeesian, well, this was a game we would have lost last year, right? How many times have we heard that this season already? The West Virginia game, the Iowa State game. Well, this is a game we would have lost last year, but it's a better football team now. Josh, Texas is who we thought they were. They're a, they're going to fight and struggle and claw and probably end up with a winning record this year. But they're not knocking on the door of a national championship. And it doesn't look like they're going to be anytime soon either. Because guess who's gone after this year? Bijan Robinson. Gone after this year. Worthy's got one more year of eligibility. But Roshan Johnson, gone after this year. But but Manning's coming in. Have you seen a lot of true freshmen starting at quarterback across college football? And we got Arch and on going on, so we just don't know? I mean... Bro, we, what a 180 over the last couple of weeks in Texas who gets beat in Stillwater and probably is as program deflating of a loss as you could have. Kind of looked at a couple of junctures like Texas might win this game and win it fairly convincingly after, I don't know, B. John Robinson's 41-yard catch and run that put Texas up by 11, 21-10, or Roshan Johnson creasing Oklahoma State for the 52-yarder, but – after that, after Texas built that two-touchdown lead right toward the tail end of the first half, they scored a field goal, a field goal the rest of the way, Plank. So, yes, to everything you said, Texas is who they've been. It, it certainly appears coming out of this game. They uh, do not handle success very well. But more importantly, I think, than that, Quinn Ewers is not who we thought that Quinn Ewers was going to be or what Quinn Ewers was billed to be. I mean, he had 30 incompletions in this game. 30? Through a couple of interceptions on the last two drives of the game for Texas, trying to go win the thing or, or get it tied up. Couldn't do it, and largely just was a big piece of the crumbling down in the second half offensively for Texas. So, yeah, it, it had the markings of a game where, again, at several different turns, Texas felt like they were in control, maybe going to race away with it, Instead, hey, and credit to Oklahoma State and, and Gundy and Sanders and everybody over there that they didn't allow that to happen. But, yeah, it's, it's not a good look for Texas, no doubt. And as much as we've kind of done the little, hey, is, is Vasek, is there something to worry about there with his legacy connection to Texas? Hey, uh, regardless of what's going on with Oklahoma, Texas still has plenty more on its schedule to play, too. And I don't know if you know this, but they got to go to Manhattan. They play TCU. I'm not counting their trip to Lawrence as a victory yet. They got to play Baylor. I mean, this thing could still end pretty poorly for Texas before it's all said and done. Agreed. Agreed. And, boy, the the Excusinator 5000 was out in both College Station and Austin from those who cover recruiting in those respective markets. You notice that? Well, you know, this is – that wind was something else. Guess who else had to play with that wind on Saturday in Austin? Oak, or Stillwater, excuse me. Oklahoma State. Guess who else had to deal with an unknown quarterback situation heading into this season down in College Station? Columbia, South Carolina, Shane Beamer. 
And what did he do? He went and got Spencer Rattler, who hasn't been great. But I'm just – it's – every year, dude, every year. When are we going to learn our lesson? A&M, Texas, ain't it. And I know, again, a lot of those perspectives, everyone's like, yeah, well, they beat Oklahoma. Great. Congrats on your Super Bowl because you are who we thought you were. You're not building towards some grand plan to be a national title contender sooner rather than later. Your Super Bowl remains what it's been for the last decade. And if you get a win in the Red River rivalry, oh, you're happy and you're good. Should have lost to Iowa State, Josh. I'm still trying to figure out what Xavier Hutchinson was doing on that ball. Still trying to figure out what he was doing. I've watched that replay a thousand times. However many views it has on YouTube right now, I might be responsible for half of them. If he catches that, he walks into the end zone, and Iowa State upsets Texas and Austin. Every year, man. Every year. And what's going to happen this offseason? Going to hear it again. Why? Arch Manning. Just like Quinn Ewers. Just like Sam Allinger. Just like Case McCoy. You need me to go on here? Who was the running back, there, the quarterback that ended up moving to wide receiver? I think he's playing in the NFL now. That beat Notre Dame when Joe Tessitore said, Texas is back. Every single one of them. That was the kryptonite for the rest of the country. Now, so that's a lot on one game, but I thought I thought we learned a lot about both of those teams on Saturday. And Josh, we know. We know when Oklahoma State comes to Norman, it's going to be a battle. It is every year when OU and OSU play each other in the, in the Bedlam matchup. And we know that even if they're terrible, like the year they came in here with Corndog at quarterback against Kyler Murray, we know that it's going to be a battle. Always is. But I'll tell you what, I'm, I know we got Iowa State this weekend. I'm always excited about Baylor. Love the trip to Morgantown. But November 19th, man, I cannot wait to see where both of those teams are in Bedlam. It's going to be fun. All right, we'll hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line. You want to throw one in real quick? I know we're running later. You want to wait till after the break. Let's wait until after okay. the break. I'm just so happy Hunziker's living his best life this morning. How about that? How about that? I wonder if he got a, I wonder if he got a little talking to or not. I'm afraid to say anything anymore, man. I never want to get in trouble. Are you kidding me? He probably got a raise. He might have got a raise. All right, quick break. Let's see the other big game in the Big 12 and your text next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. All right, did you have anything? I I know we got kind of heavy there on Oklahoma State and Texas from this weekend, but what about you? What 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 about Josh Helmer from this weekend? Oh, I think the biggest thing I learned was what we discussed, that viewers is not as good as I thought he was going to be. If he was, you don't wind up throwing three interceptions and 30 incompletions and allowing that offense to crumble in the second half the way that right. he did. Beyond that, you know, good win for TCU in the Big 12, though. Not that there's any kind of an asterisk on it, but can can I say that TCU keeps winning and I keep being less than impressed to some degree with them? I'm listening. Go on. Explain yourself. Whoa, excuse me. What just happened there? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. Explain yourself. At some point, shouldn't you not let Will Howard led Kansas State get up uh, 28 to 10 on you? And, hey, 
TCU, you get high marks for showing once again that offensively, Duggan and Johnston and Kendra Miller, you have the firepower to rally back in, win the second half, 21 to nothing. But uh, I don't know. I mean, to me, this just I, – I feel like TCU's tick-tock into something bad at some point. I don't know when or where it's going to happen. Maybe it's in Austin against that Texas team that we're kind of throwing some stones at this morning. But TCU's good. I like what they're doing offensively. I think they're really good on that side of the football. But at some point, that defense, I think, is going to get them got. Agreed. Agreed. Um. Someone asked this question on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. <laughs> oh, you guys are on fire today. I kind of like it. Um, 405-651-3439. From the 405, Chris, has TCU knocked out the last four quarterbacks they've faced? Well, no, because Spencer Sanders made it through the whole game on Saturday, right? Uh, a, a Saturday ago when they had to rally and win in overtime. But going going into the game – he was pretty dinged up. I think we all agree with that. But Kansas State, at one point, was playing their third-string quarterback. I'm. Did Adrian Martinez's injury not look that bad to you? And I know that's terrible for me to say, and I haven't heard an update. But I mean, I yeah, it looked like a hard hit. Am I? I and trust me, I don't think Adrian Martinez is a guy that wouldn't come back in the game if he could. But I didn't I didn't think it looked all that dastardly when he got hit. Yeah, and obviously in the second half, right, they missed him desperately. They survived for a little bit with Will Howard and you Well, know, he, Will Howard getting hurt is what hurt them too, right? Howard gets hurt with kind of a, a back rib injury and then Rubley comes in and Oh gosh, bless Rubley's heart. Another guy that I went to college with his dad really makes me feel old. But, yeah, by the way, yes, that is former Tulsa great T.J. Rubley's son, who is the third-string quarterback at Kansas State. Actually, you know what? I'm not as old as T.J. Rubley. If it was Gus Farratt's son, then I'd feel really old, Josh. But you can't help it. Do you remember, was it, what was the year that Oklahoma beat TCU and Oklahoma State? Was that? Was that 15 Baker's first year as the starter? Where down the stretch, they beat Baylor and they beat Oklahoma State. And there was this run, TCU even, there was this run of games where they had backup quarterbacks, right? And, you know, it was like, oof. Think that against Baylor, it was the dude that was the backup quarterback for the Raiders now that had to play that eventually transferred to Auburn. Because if my timeline serves correct, like Bryce Petty was hurt or something. But TCU's got a little bit of that going right now, right? They, a lot of dudes got hurt on Kansas State on Saturday night. And I saw someone alluding to this on Twitter. I don't think TCU is a dirty team. I mean, I've kept, I've got a little book that I used to keep for all my my notes for OU that I just retired after the TCU game. I put it. I'm like, this one's no, this one's no good anymore. I'm getting something new, because I've never had a game where I've covered injuries like that TCU game. The injury tent stayed up the whole time, so it's not, 
it's not saying they're dirty or anything of that neighbor uh, natures, but there is there is something to hey, there's going to be a team at some point that's going to be that's going to match them. Right, Oklahoma, Kansas, Oklahoma State, Kansas State. They had so many guys go down, and you know, on the other side of it, the TCU guys are they're still standing, they're still rolling. So I've had a hard time kind of figuring out TCU because they've done it, Josh, against teams to where through you know basically the the credit to TCU and their physicality or maybe just some dumb luck with injuries. But there's been a lot of dudes that have ended up going down. I mean, listen, I, Oklahoma wasn't necessarily playing all that well when Dylan Gabriel went down, but I don't think it's 55-24 if Gabriel's able to stay in that game and get cooking. Jalen Daniels gets hurt against TCU, and what do they do? They let Jason Bean go crazy. An injured Spencer Sanders where if you were to believe the internet rumors and the hype before that TCU game, Gunnar Gundy was like positioned to start. And then something, you know, they, they cleared Spencer Sanders just in time for the game. And by Saturday night, you know, you, you lose Adrian Martinez early, and Will Howard comes in and cooks. And the only thing that slows him down is an injury, and he missed a wide open, what is it, Jake Warder in the end zone. Oh, my gosh. My gosh, just barely missed him. So it's not to be negative towards TCU by any stretch of the imagination. This isn't a conversation about them and not being as good as their, you know, eight and our, excuse me, seven and zero record indicates, but they've, they've caught a few breaks through this stretch, right? Because if Jason Bean was able to do to them what Jason Bean did, something tells me Jalen Daniels would have cooked. And I'm pretty sure that in that second, Kansas state was dominating that game on Saturday night, dominating that game. At some point, it's going to bite him, right? At some point, it has to. I think so, yeah. And you laid it out pretty pretty well right there, all the different quarterbacks, many of them backups, that have played well versus TCU. So, But they're good, man. I mean, offensively, obviously, they're, they're doing some really nice things. And the firepower that they have there between Duggan and Miller and Johnston and some of the other receivers, you know, Garrett Riley's doing a really good job. He is. How about this weekend of Big 12 football and just in general of college football? I've got two pages of notes here, and we just spent 20 minutes on one game. And prior to that, we spent 20 minutes on one game. Incredible amount of storylines. All right. I was really bad on getting to text like I'm supposed to at the bottom of the hour. Maybe we'll table it and do it at the top. I've got three other what we've learned that I'll throw in front of you quickly next, right here on The Ref. All right, here, here's a couple of other quick ones, and we'll expand on them a little bit later. Two quarterbacks have resurrected their careers beyond just Hendon Hooker. And, I've, and, and, and obviously there's a third in Adrian Martinez, but since we're very much a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately uh, with Adrian Martinez getting hurt, no one remembers how great his season has been so far. It's like, oh, see the guy that got hurt? Yeah, he's terrible. He threw like 30 interceptions at Nebraska, right? No one – it's like you forget what he's done the last five weeks at Kansas State. But those other two guys, Jalen Daniels at LSU, who was big in the Ref Royal Rumble this week, and for Travis, who was suddenly a contender. And Josh Bo Nix looks really good. Now, I agree with what Josh McQuistion put on Twitter.com last night. Can't tell if it's just, you know, him looking great or if the Pac-12 is terrible. 
and I've had my questions about UCLA, but you can't help but be impressed that they're doing what they're doing in a new situation. And I throw Dylan in that too, right? But Hinton Hooker, Hinton Hooker, Hinton Hooker. And it's understandable. It should be told. It's an incredible story. But, Josh, pretty cool to see what Jalen Daniels is doing at LSU and Bo Nix at Oregon. The Oregon thing, is it just totally dampened by the fact that Georgia housed them in in week zero or week one? I've had so many conversations about this problem that I have as a fan where I can't let go of what you did early in the season. You know, everyone's like, well, LSU lost to Florida State and got beat by Tennessee. I, yeah, but, it, I mean, isn't it a different team now? Same thing with Georgia and Oregon. It's like, ah, is it different now? It's Dan Lanning. And it also shows you that fine line between a smart coaching move and a reckless one. Scott Frost gets that onside kick against Northwestern. Who knows, right? But they miss it, and he's terrible, and he's horrible, and it's an awful idea. Dan Lanning does it kind of in somewhat similar situation. And he's a hero. It's the greatest move ever. The other thing that I learned this weekend, Clemson doesn't have a quarterback controversy. Now, they might. They might. But not yet. Not yet. It's coming, but not yet. All right. Uh, When we come back, I'm just going to pour through all these great texts you're sending on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. It's a plank show right here on the Home Sooner.